Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. Otcast. Verb. Interview with artists working today. Otcast. Noun. Insights into the work and process. Hello, and welcome to Otcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. So, um, shall we move into the questions? Sure, sure. Okay. Let me just start by thanking you, Louise, to for being on Oddcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, uh, I'm very honored to do it. It's my first podcast, so <laughs> you'll let oh, great. how I do. <laughs> great. Okay. My first question is, when creating a work, do you use any sketches or preliminary work in the process? Um, no, I don't. I'm really, um, I don't know if calling myself an intuitive painter would be the right way to label myself, but my color combinations appear in dreams. And I know that sounds kind of nuts, but yeah. I barely sleep. I'm a terrible insomniac. And when I fall asleep, I'm usually jolted awake by color flashes, combination okay. of colors. And, and I have to, I keep a pad of paper and pens next to the bed, and I have to write them down. And it's usually very involved sequences of color combinations and color paths. And I think that's about as much of a planned idea that I have before I start working on a piece. I have a, uh, I guess I have a very structured format that I do work with, which is the grid. And because I do like to fuse together geometry, light, and texture and color into these pieces. And it, it kind of just gives me a, uh, it gives me some structure to follow. But I wouldn't call that a sketch of the work. And I've never yet to this day had a piece come out the way I thought it was going to come out. Yeah. <laughs> they just, it just doesn't work. You know, I'll start right. laying those colors down and then it just never works, which has also become part of my finished imagery is that there was all of these layers of color and edges of other color coming out of it. So, it would, you know, I think that if it ever worked out like that, I would have to find another path because it would be totally boring. There'd be no excitement in what I was doing, for me personally. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that sketch things, and I'm sure that if you're having something fabricated, um, you know, having something, a bronze cast of something made, that you have to have something very solid as a maquette, but for what I'm doing, it's it's there's a creative freeness to not having a, a, a preset a preset sketch that tells me that's what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. You don't like it all figured out before you start. Right. Right. And I can tell you that I even have um, paintings that may have been out of the studio either for exhibition or in storage at a gallery where there may have been something about that work that just never seemed right to me, even though the, the curator was, you know, would go crazy over it and they took it and it was representing me somewhere where I figure it's mine. I've gone back in and repainted those paintings. 
Yeah. You know, some people are like, oh, my God, how could you do that? It's like, it's mine. And I'll have that moment where I realize that's what's wrong with it. You know, it's the wrong shade of cadmium red or it's the wrong, it's the wrong finish. It's the wrong this. This is what it should be. And then it's, then it's like all new again. So no, no, no sketches. Oh, okay. My next question is, do you use any technology in your work, like photos of the computer? Uh, no, I don't. Not in the painting process. Not at all. It doesn't uh, enter into it. So it's not it's not relevant for what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you get yourself out of creative block? I guess I'm very lucky that I haven't experienced a creative block. Um I really feel that if you have a very disciplined studio practice, meaning that you don't necessarily have to have a studio space, because I know there's a lot of people who don't, but I think it's very um, important to set a, a set aside time every day for your studio practice. Now, that could be thinking about the work you'd like to be making or I know I said don't make sketches, but sitting with yeah. a sitting with a journal. If you don't really have, I mean, that's why these residencies are so wonderful because people who don't have a space to really uh, be able to visualize their work and visualize it, but some way in some form to just take even just even if it's just a half hour every day to be concentrating on your work. I think that that keeps your creative process flowing. And I don't think you'll end up with a block that way. I think you just you can you continue to move forward because you. I feel like you can't you can't get stopped if you never stop, and you just keep it happening. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, sense to you or not, but I I think it's. I think it's real important. I also think it's something that's really. Um, it's really difficult to probably go back. I don't know how people do that. You know, if they take they'll take a big break from their work for whatever whatever life situation has been thrown their way. I have a lot of admiration for somebody who can then step back into making art again because I can't imagine I can't imagine being able to keep the flow going if I if I strangulated it all. Yeah. It's important to keep a rhythm. Huh? Yes, I yes, definitely. It's like anything, really. Anything that you're doing in your in your life, I don't care what it is. If you don't do it for a long time, there's a hesitation about getting back into it, and then there's a process before you feel comfortable again. When did you fall in love with art? I feel you you became an artist. Hmm. Um, I think I've been an artist my whole life. Um. I think I think everybody's been an artist their whole life. To tell you the yeah. truth, I think I think humans have a very innate urge to create things, to create objects, and it's whether or not you have the nurturing through that path. I mean, you look at small children and you hand them I don't know, you hand them. Play-Doh, or better yet, you mix up Play-Doh with them, yeah. they're going to 
the tactile experience of, of the squeezing and squishing, and then, you know, if they're, if they're old enough to be able to verbalize their thoughts, where they'll say to you, hey, look, I made this. I did this. You, they put things together. They glue things together. I've always been making something with whatever I could get my hands on. I've been making art, and I'm very lucky that uh, my parents, neither of whom were artists, nurtured that type of activity for me. And growing up just outside of New York City, I was able to get on a train when I was, you know, like a young teenager, you know, like 12 years old with friends, and we would just, we'd go to the Met, we'd go to MoMA, we'd go to the Guggenheim. Yeah. You just, there was so much that was going on and I think that I was very, very deeply influenced by the show at MoMA in 1965. It was called The Responsive Eye. I don't know if you are aware of that show. No. This was when op art was formally presented to the masses, as it were. And that show, I went to see it several times. I still have the original... Um, catalog and it put me into a very different frame of mind and the artists that were involved there even though a lot of them didn't use colors like Bridget Riley wasn't using color Mon Levinson wasn't using color but for the people that used color in that show you had Albers Morris Lewis Gene Davis Ad Reinhardt Tedaski Richard Aniskevich Vasily I mean I could keep going on and on and on when I look at these works even today, I'm swooning when I see them. And yeah. so deeply influenced me and my regard for color and space and light that that was a moment for me. My next question is, how do you feel the computer or the Internet helps or hurts an artist? Um, I think the Internet has turned out to be a huge plus. Um, I remember when people were first starting to develop websites that I thought that it was a very unnecessary part of artistic practice, but have certainly changed my my viewpoint about that. Um, I think that the whole whole computer and internet has has made work accessible, so that there's you're connected to a huge, broad population of people making art worldwide, and I think it's a, I think it's wonderful. I think it's a, a really tremendous boost to be able to have that connection to other people. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can be connected with someone around the world, really. Yeah, it's, I think to me, it's fascinating to see how somebody, somebody, you know, really on the other side of the globe is assimilating pretty much the same information because they're living in the same time and place even if they're in a different physical place. Yeah. What's going into their brain <clears throat> and coming out as their artistic expression? I, I think that's, I think it's incredible. I think it's wonderful. So I'm, I think it's a, I think it's a totally positive uh, boost. What feeds your work more? Your other work, looking at art or life or something other than those things? I think it's all collective. Um, yeah. I think if you have 
I mean, it sounds kind of trite to call it an artistic nature, but I think if you're involved in creating creating objects, things, moments in time, you're affected by everything that's going on in the world around you. And um, and I think that's a big part of of being an artist. And I think that being an, being an artist means that you're going to go and experience as much as you can elsewhere. Not just, not necessarily to feed off of other people's ideas, but I think it helps to clarify what direction you personally want to go in and where you're going and whether the path that you're taking is a path that may belong to you or may have filtered into your psyche because you've experienced it before. I also think that you get tremendous inspiration from all of the arts. So I think that, you know, as a, I'm a visual artist, but I also think it's very important to go and experience dance. I mean, to me, yeah. dan- to, to me, dance is like drawing in 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 space. The movement itself is like to create. It's of the moment. Music, all kinds of music, is also it's this very. It's, it's another dimension, but it's, <clears throat> it's a very spatial dimension, and I think it, it, it feeds the entire creative process. Uh, television, I mean, I don't, there's a lot of people that are like, well, I don't have a TV. I think that's another very important part of our culture. It's part of our yeah. culture. I don't know how you can be an artist if you're not, if you're not looking and, and feeling what's going on in, in popular culture. I think you have to be interested in politics. You have to be interested in the world. So I guess I'm like going off topic, but I think my art is fed by everything. Everything has inspiration in it. And it's what, to me anyway, as an artist, I don't want to speak for others, but taking that information out there and then bringing it home and moving forward in the studio and doing something that it reflects your experience on this planet and you're putting something else out there. How important is formal art training to an artist? Um, formal art training. I'm supposing that you're meaning going to school? Right, yeah, like whether it's for a bachelor's or... I'm not... BFA. Yeah, I'm not sure that... <clears throat> necessarily going to art school is a necessary component for being an artist. I you know, I, I think that someone who is going to be creative is going to be creative no matter what. However, I do think that it's very important to be I'm trying to think of the right words. Um well, I guess educated is the right word. I think it, I, you have to have a broad knowledge of of uh, history in terms of what came before you, what the yeah. path is, what people were producing. And does it have to be in a school situation? Maybe not. Maybe you're somebody who is uh, very... Very, you know, like questioning, and and you'll go into like a library as long as we still have libraries around, <laughs> and and search through books 
that are all about different historical periods of art, or you're going to go to the Met and you're going to look at things that you don't think you're interested in. I think that the beauty in going to a, an educational facility is that hopefully you're going to get pushed into exploring avenues and ideas that were not of interest to you before you walked in to that institution's uh, doors, as it were. In other yeah. words, you know, it's like I always felt like I was a, a painter, but I went to school and I was exposed to printmaking, and it was like, it was wonderful. It was like, I, but I would never have gone and taken a printmaking course somewhere on my own had it not been yeah, you have to see it. Offered to me in a, in a situation, and, and in those days, it was like a Zen situation. I mean, oh, my God, you know, Bob Blackburn was my printmaking teacher. That was just, like, unbelievable. Um, I wasn't interested in conceptual, conceptual art at that time, but, you know, you had, to, you had to follow what was going on. I'm not good at life drawing, and I made myself take, lots of life drawing classes just because I felt that if I was having an art education, I should right. probably be doing some formal things. I think that it's very important to be able to develop your own voice. You have to have, you have, to have an educational background. You have to have knowledge of what was going on before you embarked on your own, on your own artistic path. And I, yeah. I, for me, I find it um, a little bit unnerving when I, I see images that are put out there as being original images, and I can kind of, I'm looking at that. It's, it's going through my head. I'm seeing flashcards and with, with dates on it that tell me that this is somebody else's image. And, and the person who's creating it now, they're not plagiarizing but they're just kind of blissfully ignorant of the fact that they've seen this before somewhere, yeah. somehow. And because they're not educated, they're, they're assuming that it's something that just kind of popped into their head on their own. So, yes, get back to your topic. <laughs> I think education is, is, well, you were saying formal education. I guess right. formal education is very important because it puts you outside your comfort zone, I hope that it would put you outside your comfort zone so that you have an expanded understanding, at least an expanded um, knowledge of a variety of types of artwork. Um, so you can, acknowledge, you can acknowledge what's behind you. Yeah. Now, would you say that um, maybe not necessarily like study in an uh, institution like a university or art school, or, but the experience is necessary? you know, and you can get it in other ways? I I think it may be possible. I mean, the, one of the reasons I'm balking at saying, yes, yes, you should go to a university is because it's so expensive. Yeah. I I really, I find it so offensive that um, higher education has become such a big ticket item that in some ways I find it prohibitive to even, you know, say, oh, yes, you should go to art school. Somebody should go to art school because the reality is that you, nobody's, nobody's really going to make a living living from being an artist. And to start out in the world with this huge debt on your back yeah. will make it even that much harder to try to move forward and 
live a creative life. It's just, um, you know, if, if art school, you know, if you could, if you could go to art school and have it be like affordable and not mean that you, you know, you could never have a home or eat food or something, then I would say yes, everybody should have that kind of higher education. I'm not sure what the real answer is for young people that are looking to pursue a career, you know, pursue their dreams, or at least just to find out whether or not it is what they want to do. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have to tell you that nutrition rate is is terrible with uh, art schools and with, you know, uh, music conservatories and dance conservatories because it's so hard. You know, most people don't don't end up making it, their life, even if, even though it will probably stay an important portion of their lives, but right, yeah, doesn't go away. I'm not really sure what the right answer for that is. You know, maybe if I had a university, I would say yes, of course, Every, <laughs> everybody must walk through my hollow doors. You know, but yeah, I think there's ways to get that education, and I think you can educate. But I don't think that when you're educating yourself, that you're going to push yourself in directions that may seem uninteresting to you. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's an important part of an education having somebody push you in a direction that you may not want to go in can sometimes be quite enlightening and teach you, uh, you know, teach you about about something you didn't have any idea about before and suddenly realize that maybe that's what your aptitude is. You know, you don't know. You don't know if you're not exposed to it. So it's self-education is, um, I think, it'd be very myopic that way. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm sorry I didn't really answer your question. but. Oh, no, that's fine. That was great. I think you did. Okay. <laughs> um, who are some of your favorite artists? Um, wow. I mean, uh, well, we kind of talked about this before, is that I, you know, historically, I'll just say to you that for me, Mark Rothko is, um, I guess his work to me is deeply spiritual and, and moving. But um, I think that this forum is best served to perhaps not talk about favorite artists who everybody can relate to, that, you know, the names trip off of everyone's tongues. I have a, um, I thought about this question, and I have to, I have, I'm going to share just a few names of, of three colleagues of mine. Okay. Um, who's, their, their work, their work is very different from one another. It's very, their work is very different from the kind of work that I do. Um, but every time I go to their studio, I'm moved. By the work, I'm mean, deeply, I'm deeply moved by what, by what they're doing, and I think that their work adds to the, the visual dialogue, the vocabulary of yeah. what's going on in the art world today. They're all under-recognized, and um, I don't, I don't think I could. Uh, Words kind of escape me. I mean, I just think they're really visionary artists. The first person is Larry Lee Webb. That's last name is W E B. I think he's B B. I'm not even sure now. Now I have to look up my old buddy here. I think <laughs> I I I love his art. I love his paintings. He's uh, I think an extraordinary painter. 
and um, he, I, I think he's kind of a genius artist. I mean, he's he's quite prolific, and uh, it's two B's on the end of his name. If somebody's going to look okay. it up, it's LarryLeeWeb.com. Okay. Um, he's he's a he's just a great painter. I mean, I, I'm 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 a big talker, but I I'm, I really I I couldn't say enough wonderful things about what he what he does in his studio every day and and um I encourage everybody <laughs> to take a look at his work, you know. To great. look him out, yeah, yeah. He's terrific. Um the other uh, another uh, person is a painter is Richard Temperio, who most people know as being a gallery owner and director of Sideshow Gallery. And um I was just in Richard's studio, you know, maybe a week or two ago and the, my breath was knocked away uh, seeing the new work that he's been painting. It's he has his work is full of of light and joy. Um, they're beautiful. They're just they're beautiful. They're beautiful, moving, wonderful paintings and. He's also very under his work is very under recognized. You know, he's he's known for his gallery, but yeah. his work is just fantastic. And then the third friend of mine, and they're all my buddies, is uh, Peter Reginato, and he's a sculptor, and his work is filled with whimsy and space, and they're they're just wonderful. They're wonderful. I mean, I guess uh, Peter's work in some ways is to me in some ways calligraphic. But I just oh yeah I just love the energy that's going on in his work. And he's also another person who's, who's very prolific. He also makes beautiful uh, beautiful paintings and uh, and drawings and you know is really he he's uh, he's a wonderful wonderful artist. So if I sat here and I went through all of my all of my pals, we would have quite a long list of people. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> but the three, the, these three guys just came to my head like immediately, <clears throat> and um, I guess those are my favorites right now, you know. And I find actually, actually, I have to say, I find it quite inspiring to be to be able to. to I'm honored to be able to see these works in person. And experience yeah. them in person, and not be just like going into a gallery setting, which is thrilling, also. But watching the way these these artists' work evolve is is wonderful, and um, I think that's what that's what art's all about, you know. Yeah, it just moves forward, and I'm gonna stop my list there because I really most of the other people I know are pretty well known. They don't need they don't need to have more people. Uh, Zooming in there and looking at them, but I, I encourage you to take a look at, at what the, what these gentlemen are are doing. No, I will. Thank you. They're really. Great. Um, I'm sorry. I said they're great. They're all. Yeah. They're great and different and very um, very individual voices. Very. Yeah. You know, you you once you see the imagery of each one of them, it's a very recognizable path, and you'll see their histories unfold before you and 
they they are making definable visual presentations of themselves. They're I think they're just great great artists. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing. Um, I had something that dawned on me this morning, and I'm not sure how um, how closely related they they will be. But um, have you ever heard of glitch art? Tell me the name again. Glitch art. No, I haven't. It's um, I don't really know that much about it, but it's something that there's a great uh, group on on Flickr that has a number of examples. But generally, it's it's like a, a an error that happens on a either a computer or or a digital camera. Oh, okay. And yeah, and they a lot of them. The ones that made me think of your work was uh, generally the horizontal, like there's lines horizontally, and the colors are just amazing. Ah. Um, there's a lot of manifestations of glitch art, but just the ones that are kind of like fill the screen with with color and lines and and whatnot has okay. a similar movement to what you're doing, which is pretty cool. So, is the website is the website glitch art? Is that what I would look? No, well, I'm sure if you just Google glitch art, you'd be able to find examples. But it's just I have a Flickr account. Oh, okay. And is it different? Is it um, different artists that are working? You know, I'm not even sure if it's a genre or not. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, well, the group that I'm speaking of specifically, there's members that that add to the group by adding their own glitch art uh, examples. All right. So perhaps when we're not doing the uh, the broadcast, you'll tell me which ones you think correlate to it. I'll be very happy to look at it. Okay. But that's and, another uh, thing. It's like I have no, I'm like I'm so not literate with the technology using a computer. Right, yeah. That this is a whole other realm of, of work, you know, that, that's being developed. So I think that's also another, you know, another... Yeah, it's exciting. It's pretty, um, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's all on along the technology side of things. But, uh-huh. But, uh, and I have one more question. Yep. Okay. Um, can you use three to five words to describe your work? Maybe the most recent painting? Um, yes. Um... How about high high voltage color, light and texture? Great. I mean, high voltage light and texture. High voltage color, light and texture. Oh, okay, yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, I could extrapolate on that, but I think I probably talked your ears off. <laughs> oh no, I love this stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I guess that's all the official questions I have. Okay. Um, well, I just wanted to thank you, Louise, for being on our cast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really had a good time talking to you. Great. Thank you. I did as well. This has been Oddcast. Thank you from me, your host, Philip J. Mellon. Keep the dialogue going. <laughs>